I'm your host, Bradley Martin, and this is Clearing the Way, a resource for small business owners. Hello, humans. I am your host, Bradley Martin, and this is Clearing the Way, a resource for small business. Uh, I talk with sales and HR experts, other small business owners, and anyone else that can provide you with information to clear your way to success. Uh, Today's topic is going to be a little bit different, uh, less on the operating the business side and more on the kind of personal life as a business owner. Uh, The topic will be buying a home as a new business owner or as a business owner. So uh, my guest today is Bob Steinstraw real estate agent with Riverpoint Realty, uh, managing owner of Leading Properties and co-owner of Ace Atlantic Investments. Bob graduated from Clarion University in 2015 with a bachelor's in business administration. Uh, he's worked in real estate since then. Uh, Bob and I graduated together. We've played sports all through school, um, been friends for several years. And um, yeah, I'll kind of leave the intro at that today. Bob, thanks for being a guest on Clearing the Way. Thanks, Brad. Um, all right. So, like I said, we're going to talk about home ownership today um, and how things are maybe a little bit different if you are a business owner. So uh, let's kind of start, let's like set the stage a little bit and kind of work through what we need to be prepared for when buying a home regularly and then look at what could potentially be different and what are some of the things we need to be aware of as a business owner and if there are anything anything's different that we need to be aware of. But my guess is, since we're talking about it, there's going to be some things that we need to be aware of. So, um, okay. So, uh, we're, we want to buy a home. I know I want to buy a home. What do, what are some of the first things that I should be thinking about in term, uh, in, in, in general? Um, what are some of the first steps that I should be taking to what, what things do I need to have together to start being interested in buying a home? Yeah, so <clears throat> typically, um, anytime I'm talking to a, even a potential homeowner, whether it's a year from now, two years from now, three years from now, I mean, I always recommend earlier the better to start with your plan. So that's always first. Put put together a plan. Um, put together a plan as far as, you know, what ultimately timeline are you looking for? So I think, uh, and obviously the other part of your plan is putting getting the right people together for your team um, to get to the homeownership process and then getting, you know, to the closing table. So obviously putting together a plan is number one. I always recommend putting out like about six to eight months before you even purchase. Okay. When you say a plan, is that just the timeline that we're looking at? Like what do you, what do yeah, you so mean? You got to start with your timeline first and then get getting like the professionals, uh, the right professionals in order. Obviously I'm in the sales business and um, I'm biased, but I would tell you that the, the number one thing is getting the right real estate agent, getting somebody you mesh with well, somebody that you trust, somebody that you know is going to be there for you. And then secondly, a mortgage professional. Okay. So let's stick on that for a second. What are when I'm looking for somebody, obviously, like I can gauge whether our personality, like whether I actually like you, but what are some of the things that I should be asking those people to know if they're actually the right people for for me? Yeah, typically, like especially first-time home buyers, which are, you know, a lot of the times the one looking for a real estate agent, second mm-hmm. time, third time, they might be using their previous one or, you know, their family members or whatever might know somebody. But I mean, typically, when you're looking for the right professionals, you just got to use your judgment. I mean, you're not going to probably know the right questions to ask 
Um, but you just got to kind of feel out like, you know, is this person going to be available? Are they saying the right things to make me feel comfortable? Um, you know. Are there questions that I should be asking? Though? Sure. Yeah. I mean, like typically like it, like this would be, I guess, like insider information that most like first time home buyers are never going to ask. But like, what's the process? You know, how, how far out should I get pre-approved? Um, you know, how far out from the time we purchase something until like we actually close? Um, and then talking about areas and specifics as far as what type of homes and things like that. Also, I mean, I think one of the first things you need to look at is numbers. I mean, I, I'm I'm big on that, especially when you're first starting to look for something. If you're mm-hmm. a first time home buyer, second time home buyer, the especially right now, it's really relevant because the market conditions are continuously changing. So home prices are kind of going all over the place now. Yeah. Interest rates are kind of going all over the place day to day, week to week. So having somebody, one that you can trust, whether it's a mortgage professional first or a real estate agent, it's honestly it could work vice versa. You okay. can kind of get in touch with either one first. Should I be looking for both of those or like... Like if I'm if I were working with you, do you have somebody like a mortgage? Yes, absolutely, okay. absolutely. Okay. So I mean, honestly, a, a good a real estate professional should have uh, a preferred vendor list that they trust. That you know, being I've been in the business now seven and a half, eight years. Um, I've been through a lot of different mortgage lenders, a lot of different processes, a lot of different things. I. I obviously can't force my buyers to work with yeah. a lender. I, I just give them options and then they make the decision. However, I can't express enough how much it is or how important it is that when you're working with a real estate professional, a real estate agent that you trust, going with somebody that they recommend. I mean, we do, you know, 60 to 100 deals a year, you know, and these real and these the same lenders are going to be doing probably close to 85 yeah. to 90% of those deals. Yeah, well, I'm sure if it's somebody that you're working with regularly, like everything is just smoother. Yeah. On yeah, yeah. Uh, for everybody. Yeah, I trust these people. I know that when I send them somebody, they send me back a pre-approval letter. I know when I send them a contract, uh, you know, I send mm-hmm. them an email. I don't have to worry about that part of the process anymore. You know, I'm worried about answering questions for the client. I'm worried about um, negotiating inspections, doing all of those type of things for my buyer. Yeah. Okay. So, um, all right. So I've got a timeline. I know roughly, uh, well, what is a realistic, like this might change based on um, current, like the market, but is there a, what is a realistic timeline to actually like, hey, I think I'm going to buy a house to I have a house. Again, honestly, so even I'll speak personally. So me and my wife just purchased a house. We just went through the whole process ourselves mm-hmm. the last uh, two months ago. We, we bought a house. Um, I had me and my wife, we did all of our pre-approval stuff. Like I didn't think I was going to actually buy until like January uh-huh. of 2023. <clears throat> so it was probably eight or nine months out. I reached out to my lender. Hey, here's all my stuff. Uh-huh. This is what I'm anticipating. You know, just send me what I have now, and then we'll reevaluate it once we get closer. So the sooner you get that stuff out of the way, the more prepared you are when something pops up. And then from there, once you get all of that stuff done, the lending stuff done first, your real estate agent's going to get you set up on a search. Even if you're six to eight months out, getting a feel for the different areas, mm-hmm. the different um, the different markets within um, the areas that you think that you want to be in, and narrowing your search down is going to prepare you. You're going to be way ahead of the game from other buyers that are in the market. The worst thing ever for me is when I get friend, family, new client, whatever, they call me, they're like, I need to find something in like two months. (laughs) I'm like, have you gotten your pre-approval? No, no, we haven't spoke to anybody. It's like, I can do everything I possibly can. And usually it still works out, don't get me wrong, but it just puts everything a little bit 
you know, everything's going to be a little bit more stressful because yeah. I can't create miracles. You know, I can only <laughs> yeah. do what the well, market gives me. And you're me, dealing so. with so many different parties. So yeah. people, they might have other things going on or other clients or whatever. So the more, when you've got that many people, you've, and it's with any, it's not just real estate, it's with anything. anything. You just, the, it's, things are going to take longer because yeah. something might come up for them or for you or at any point in the process that just slows the whole thing down. Yeah. Um, I mean, again, it, it, it just kind of goes back to like being prepared is going to really benefit you once the time does come that something pops up. So, again, I was probably eight or nine months out from when I really wanted to start looking for something. Mm-hmm. And this perfect place popped up. I already had all my ducks in a row. So we were able to go look at it the next day and boom, get an offer accepted. And, you know, it just yeah. so happened it worked out. But I, I can't stress enough that getting things in order sooner than later is going to help. You know, you're going to have a real big competitive advantage when it comes to. Yeah. So getting those, so what, um, we talked about who we need to talk to, mm-hmm. what are, what else do we need to be doing to get to that point where if something comes up, I am ready? Yeah. So that's, that's where my job comes in. So once you get the numbers in front of you, once you get kind of your price point that you're comfortable with, you look at it, you say, you know what, we'll be ready. We'll have the money set aside for mm-hmm. down payment. You know, we're comfortable with this monthly payment. Once you get all that information and come to me then I know exactly what your price point should be. I can recommend different areas based on what you're looking for. And then we narrow down a search. I get you set up on what's called the multi-list, which is an extreme competitive advantage whenever, especially when you get into the spring market and really competitive market, especially mm-hmm. with what, what we had the past two years. It was it was a huge advantage if you had a, an agent and you were ahead of the game. So getting mm-hmm. something set up where you have a search, you get emails right away, soon, like live, as soon as something's listed. And I see them as well. And as a full-time agent, as soon as something pops up, I'm texting my client or they're texting me if they mm-hmm. see it first. I'm like, we need to get in there tonight, you know, and, and just, I mean, that's the way, that's the way it's been. Yeah. And it's not changing. I mean, that's still competitive, especially if things are priced right. So. Yeah. Okay. Um, okay. So we know we, we've, we've got to prepare, which that seems to be, that seems to be the answer to it seems so like many different, sense. yeah, well, it seems you know, to be the, the answer to so many different things that I've talked to people about. Yeah. It's like, how do I know if the product's right? Research, yep. prepare, research, all yep. of these things. Like, and, and, and again, like you don't need to just do a million Google searches. Like yeah. this is why we have a job. This yeah. is why mortgage lenders have jobs. This is why real estate agents have jobs. We do this on a day-to-day basis. It's mm-hmm. just like, you know, don't Google like how do I fix a cavity for a tooth or something. Yeah, just go yeah, to a dentist yeah. and be like, hey, can you yeah. fix this? How do you do it? And they're going to be able to tell you because they do it on a day-to-day basis. Yeah. So, the other thing I like to point out is like for a buyer, I mean, it, it's it's a no brainer to have a good real estate professional on your side. You don't want, I mean, you can twist the commissions however you want, but it's, you know, it's irrelevant at the end of the day. But like, you don't really pay a real estate professional to represent you. You know what I mean? You, you pay the purchase price and the purchase price is what it is. And then the seller basically cuts the checks for the commission off paper at the end of the deal. So as the buyer, there is almost like... Why would you? What are what are some of the reasons to not use one? There's really not any. Like if I'm not paying you and I'm the buyer, right? There's really not any. I mean, (laughs) if there's, I mean, if you're if you're a very very experienced seller or buyer, like very experienced, like investor or something Mm -hmm. like that, and like you're talking directly to a seller, then I guess I get it. But even that, like, just hire a like an agent that you've trusted. Like I do a lot of that. Like I work with a lot of investors and a lot of people that are very experienced, and they might not need my help to like negotiate or whatever. Yeah. But they still like, hey Bob, you know, I'll throw you whatever to make it worth your time and just take care of the deal. And it's like it's mutually beneficial. Beneficial for everyone. Well, it seems like 
there's probably some things that I can mess up as the buyer oh, if 100%. I don't no, know it's, what's it's, going it, like, on. It, with a good agent on your side, like you could save yourself thousands of dollars, like no, like with with like simple phone calls sometimes, and just like the and it's not like that's the whole point. I don't just go open up doors. Like the real job comes in when we're negotiating the sales price, making sure that uh, all the inspections are properly put into place, making sure that you understand what you're getting yourself into. Are you yeah. buying a 1900s house? Are you buying a new construction house? Like there's such a vast difference. So like that's what I try to stress. It's not just like me going to open up a door and calling yeah. the other agent to put in an offer. Yeah, I guess that's something from my end. It's like. Like, I don't know. I have the internet. I can look at all these places. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I guess as the – if I'm not paying you as a buyer – a seller, like, we don't need to get into that because no. yeah. that's it, not what we're it, talking about. Good, but on the buyer, it's like one I'm thing not paying I'll, you. One thing I'll <laughs> say that you just mentioned and it's actually very relevant for all real estate agents is like – and it's just not even real estate. It's all industries right mm-hmm. now. Like information is so readily available. It's at your fingertips. Anybody can look up like what's listed in the neighborhood, no matter where you're out in the world. Okay. Yeah. Cause of Zillow and realtor and all that stuff. Yeah. But that being said, that's not my, like, and not only that, if you're only looking on that stuff and you click like, you know, oh, hey, I want to go tour this thing. By the time you even get a hold of an yeah. agent, that's basically taking a cold call I'm already in the door with my clients putting in offers. Yeah. It's it and so that that's what I'm trying to explain to people. Like, yes, Zillow is great, especially if you're doing preliminary research, like maybe if you're a year out. Yeah. You want to well, do preliminary research. I feel like research. that can probably be in your planning phase. Like sure. you're yeah. looking at that. It, yep. Like and that can kind of give you an idea of the areas that 100%. you might be interested in or, 100%. It, or some of that it's thing. A, it's it's a great resource and it honestly does make my job easier because by the time buyers come to me, they've already been on Zillow and mm-hmm. Realtor.com and they've already been clicking around. So it actually makes it easier for me to discuss with them. Hey, yeah. have you looked at this? Well, then area, you can actually area, do your area. job, 100%. which is the stuff that I don't know as a buyer. And then once once it really comes to crunch time and you're really ready to go, then we get you set up on the multi list. We get you off of those sites because some some of the information is not always accurate. Mm-hmm. And then I see what's kind of coming on and off. And then you're going to have a real competitive advantage at that point. Okay. Okay, that those all sites makes... are great for that. Those sites yeah. are great for just informational purposes. They're great to to for to teach you about different areas, teach you about different houses, see what the prices are. You know what yeah. you're working with. I, yeah, it's a, it's so weird. It's so weird that there's, I don't know. I, as a buyer, it doesn't. I can't. Are, what are the reasons that you that people don't just, use just, it? Honestly, it's just lack of knowledge. Like it just okay. they don't under like most people. Like I, you know, if I get a Zillow lead or something like that, like some people just don't understand what a buyer's agent is, and and yeah. so I don't always just assume that they know. You know, I I explain to them, hey, like. I work with buyers. I work with sellers. I represent you and your best interest. So mm-hmm. it, as, a, as a real estate agent, I'm looking out for you. I want to get you to the closing table, but I also want to make sure you're protected and you're getting the best deal that you possibly can. Yeah. And, I mean, what's really been relative in the past two years is using all these different strategies to get a deal under contract. I mean, it has been a, a, an absolute madhouse. <laughs> like, just, just these past two years since COVID, when, when they shut us down and then uh-huh. opened it up, just like every other industry. I mean, it's been insane. And we have a, a huge inventory problem and things like that, which yeah. is national. Yeah. But that being said, it has been so prevalent to have an agent on your side because, I mean, we've had to get super creative to get deals done the past two years. Now, it is changing which we can get into that yeah. later but yeah okay um okay so so we've got a plan i've i've got my i've found my people i know i vibe with you we're good you're you're the right guy um okay so you're gonna walk me through what i need but 
if I can come to you a little bit better prepared, then that's great. So what are, um, as far as cash and um, other types of documentation, like how do I need to be preparing for sure. these um, these conversations with you or the mortgage so lender? So this could like, be relevant for the two different um, types of buyers that we were talking about. Mm-hmm. And I'll talk about just a traditional buyer. When, when I say a traditional buyer, I'm saying somebody that's W-2 or salaried, you know, they, they don't run their own business. Yeah. Okay. And then we'll get into like a business owner. Yeah. Because up to this point, everything is the same. Yes. Just everything's been the different. same. It does, yeah. Nothing changes. The only things that change is the, the actual details as far as what you need to be prepared. Okay. And that's even more relevant for as far as the time out once you start talking about a self-employed business owner. Okay. But we'll get into that. So okay. the, uh, just a, a normal traditional buyer, as I would say, just somebody that's W-2 salary, hourly, whatever it is. Yeah. Um, I mean, really all you need to do is you just pull income statements. You'll show that to the lender. Track your credit score. I mean, I, I know that it drives everyone crazy, but credit is everything. And the better your credit score is, and that's why I say that the long or the quicker that you get prepared and start talking to lenders, even if you're not really ready now. So say if your credit score is not where you want it to be, mm-hmm. that's why talking to a lender a year out, that lender, a good lender, is going to tell you, hey, this is where you need to get your credit score to get prime rate or whatever yeah. it is. This is what your payment could be. So that's what's really nice about doing it earlier. Yeah. Well, so, and that, that's a good point that preparing in this case isn't something that should be or can be done quickly. It's a, again, it's, you've said it a couple times, but the further out, if I know that I'm going to, or if I think that I'm going to want to buy a home in three years, mm-hmm. it's not too early to prepare. It's, like if you, if you maybe, have, maybe be a little bit, um, Maybe don't get too deep into certain things, but if you can start talking to people and, and make it clear, like set the expectations and say, hey, this isn't going to happen for another like two years, but here's where That's I'm fine. at, what and, needs to happen. And I, that happens to me all the time. I have buyers that come to me all the time. I put them in like a, a CRM and mm-hmm. I have their numbers and I reach out to them a year later and I say, hey, how's things going? So yeah. like it's never too early is basically my point to yeah. like reach out. If you're, and don't be nervous about it. Like yeah. don't be nervous about it because it's one of those things where like we see everything and it's okay. So like, again, like being a good agent, being a good lender, those people are going to tell you, hey, you're not you're not quite ready yet. Mm-hmm. That's okay. This yeah. is what you need to do to get there. Yeah. Here's the steps that you need to take to get there. And then you you obviously have to do it. Well, so if I'm if I'm at that point where I'm in the preparing mm-hmm. phase, I it feels like that might be a little bit more difficult to find the right person because I like I'm not doing anything for 2 years or 3 sure. years. So like are there are there good ways to approach that as the person that's like, hey, honestly, just being upfront, transparent. Okay. I mean, I, again, as a good real estate professional, I don't, I don't care. I don't care yeah. if it's two, three, four, five years. If you come to me, I'm going to give you an honest opinion as far as what you need to do, okay. and then I'll tell you what like kind of the market looks like now. Mm-hmm. Now the market changes every year, so yeah. we'll reevaluate it once you're really ready. But basically, it doesn't hurt like two, three yeah. years out. It doesn't hurt to just at least have a conversation. And no agent, you know, should ever be like, oh, don't talk to me now. Yeah. yeah. Well, and, like, and if they did, they're probably not the person they're you want to be right working one. with. And that's yeah. part back to the planning part. Like yeah. that, the, just, just asking questions like that and getting a feel. And like, that's why, like, when somebody would come to me and they say, hey, I'm not going to be ready for two years, no problem. Like, here's still a lender. Yeah. Look at where you're at. See what you would get approved for right now. If that's not what you want to be approved for, mm-hmm. then let's take action steps to get you to where you want to be. Okay. Um, okay. That's good. And then if you wanted to talk about, so, and then as far as like, so this doesn't change no matter what. So down payments, if we want to get into like that stuff, mm-hmm. like specifically, yeah, well, that changes 
that changes too. Like, okay. cause it's the market changes and like now that rates are changing, like lenders might offer different programs here in the next year or so. Okay. But that being said, like honestly right now, depending on certain factors of like where you're at, like employment wise and mm-hmm. stuff, you can put as little as 3% down. Oh, wow. And and that's not even using like what and most people have heard of like FHA or VA. And if you haven't, they're just government like loan type programs yeah. and they offer like lower down payments and things like that. But there's like a 3% what you would call a conventional loan, which conventional is just as like as like what it is yeah. conventional, you know, and, and when you're negotiating and you're in a tough market, going conventional is sometimes the only option. Okay. Um, but so like damn three percent. Yeah, and, like. and so like and and it and I I'm not a financial advisor or anything, yeah. and I I don't recommend what people should put down, but I just tell them like what my personal preference would be. You know, when you're younger and you might only be there three to five years, and you're comfortable with a monthly payment that might be a little higher. I, I would say keep cash in pocket, mm. you know, save some money for like renovations to add yeah. some sweat equity or do something like that. Don't get so stuck on like, no, I got to put 10 to 20% down because that's not always the case anymore. Yeah. Well, and, and again, it's that planning. Like, yeah, what planning. do you think, how long do you see yourself being here? And then you can kind of adjust. And I'm sure the, uh, the agent can help you with some of that. 100%. It's like, if somebody comes in back to planning, if somebody comes to me and I'll ask them, well, where, what's your ultimate goal? Like, do you want to be here three, five years, if they tell me, no, we might move in a year, don't buy. <laughs> I would tell somebody, don't yeah. buy, rent. Rent yeah. for a year or two, figure out what you're going to do. Like, it, I, because the last thing I want is somebody to buy and then a year later come to me and be like, hey, we got to sell this thing. Like, that's a nightmare for me because, again, yeah. I, the market doesn't care what you think the house is worth. They don't care about your closing costs, and that's that's not a great situation to be in. No. No, that doesn't sound like a fun spot So three to, to five years is what I'd say. Like, if you're going to be willing to stick around for three to five years, I think it's always a good time to buy. I mean. Okay. Okay. Um, okay, so preparing for um, – okay, so as a um, – as somebody with a job, a – I'm I'm an I'm an employee somewhere. Um, I've already prepared. I've got I've got all my uh, um, my W twos. I've got everything ready, um, and you're taking care of that, or you're not. Somebody is taking care of that. Mm-hmm. Now let's talk about I I'm my own employer, I'm, I'm business owner. Um, so th- this is really relevant for me because that's what I am. I'm yeah. not, I'm 1099. I'm self employed. I all these businesses, like yeah. LLCs set up, all this stuff. So, like, for a traditional lender or a traditional, like, borrower, I'm kind of a nightmare for a lender yeah. because it's just tough to kind of go through it, all this stuff. Now, again, that's why if you're a self-employed business owner or um, you're 1099, like, commission-based or mm-hmm. whatever, again, it's good to get in touch with an agent right away, even if you're two years Is out. Is that more on the agent side or like who should I be talking to for that stuff? Well, it, I mean, well, will the agent I, connect me with somebody? To be honest, it, it like it's interchangeable. Like if you okay. know a good lender and okay. you trust them, call them. If you know a good agent, you trust them, call them. Okay. Like either one should be able to tell you like, hey, this is what to expect. Okay. And then like the lender is going to really be able to show you the real numbers of like what you're going to be looking at for yeah. down payment, monthly payment, all of that stuff. Because I don't have access to like what yeah. the rates are right now and all that stuff. So, but at the, at, for just a planning stage, either one is okay if you, okay. If you know them and trust them, okay. you know. And I mean, again, I, you know, again, I'm biased, like maybe reaching out to an agent would be good first. They can refer you to a lender. Mm-hmm. There's lenders are all over the place. There's a lot of them. Um, and, you know, I, again, I'll throw this out there. I always recommend a local lender mm-hmm. because there's some really, really good ones here in Pittsburgh and they understand our market. Okay. Um, but back to like what to be prepared for. So when you're W-2 
or I'm sorry, when you're 1099 commission based, self-employed, whatever it is, it's, it's a, it's a kind of a funny thing. Okay. Because as self-employed business people, we love to try to lower our tax, um, like our, our tax, uh, liability every mm-hmm. year. Okay. And you're right to do that within yeah. the law, obviously. Yeah. So we, <laughs> yes. we, we pay also, extra- let's be clear. Yes, Neither of us are tax professionals. No, we're not we're, tax professionals. Yeah, we're, we're not, not any of that. Yes. But what I'll, what I'll say though, is just from my own personal experience, what you need to understand is that you can't lower that as low as you possibly can within the law and still get as high of a mortgage as what you want. Yes. So what I'm trying to say is... Because those things are based on your taxable income. Yes, so your taxable income is what lenders look look at. Okay. So in, in, in summary or in short, you have to pay taxes to maximize your borrowing yeah. power. Okay? Yes. So, like, you can't have the best of both worlds. And I get yeah. that a lot sometimes from small business owners. They're like, yo, you know, my I have a great accountant. They really helped me out, blah, yeah. blah, blah. <laughs> and this is what I, you know, I'm just... Well, I mean, then your your borrowing power is going to be lower. Yeah. Like, but like lenders want to know that you um, that like they want to know that like this is what your taxable income is. Yeah. That's what they look at. Yeah. So it's it's a challenge. Like for small business owners or any business owner, anybody that's self employed, it's a challenge. It's a lot harder, and you need to actually do a lot longer due diligence before you're ready. Okay. So I, this this could change. And again, I would talk to a lender about this because yeah. this changes all the time sometimes. And, and it depends on the other, in the, on the individual. If your credit score is really high, you have all this cash saved up, all this stuff, it could be maybe a little bit less time. Okay. But last, like when I bought my first place, it was two years of required taxable income. That's what they base what you're pre-approved off of. Yeah. So, and if I've got, if I just started, if I'm a year in, I've I, like two years consistent. Right. Yep. Two years. So two years where you have to be thinking in the back of your head, like, hey. Well, so I'm saying if I just started, Mm -hmm. if I'm in that first year, I I don't have two back to back years of this consistent. So you need one more year. Yeah. You need one more year. If you know, you've got to be. It doesn't have to be consistent pay. Just just because they only look at your taxable income. Okay. So they're not looking at what you make monthly. Okay. Like W-2, they look at that more so like what are your monthly, like what's your monthly income yeah. and then what's your salary or what's your hourly, whatever. Okay. So they look at that more whenever you're more traditional of a traditional buyer. Okay. When you're self-employed, they're not looking at that. They're looking at taxable income only. Okay. I okay. mean, and again, like some lenders might be different. Yeah, so yeah, there yeah, might yeah. be lenders that watch this and are like, no, oh, no, that's not. Yeah, but yeah. that's that's the general summary of it. That's okay. what you should be focusing on as a self-employed individual, getting ready to buy a house within two years. So again, yes, you can you can utilize all of the legal tax like mm-hmm. things that you can do as a self-employed business owner that um, you know obviously can lower your tax taxable income and do things like that. But at the end of the day, though, it's not going to help you when you're when you want to look for borrowing power unless you're using that saved money on cash. Yes, well, <laughs> like, and, yes, well, yes. I mean, and again, that's what's unique is there's definitely different lenders out there. So yeah. there, if you have a borrower who has done really well and they've they've done great of saving money and doing all this stuff, then there's some like more of like what I would say like non-traditional lenders out there okay. like that will, um, you know, that, that will offer that, but it might be a higher rate or it might be a okay. little bit less, like it's going to be less traditional. What When you're looking at those, what are some indicators that that's what, uh, like do they, I'm assuming they make it pretty clear that they're not the stand, like how, how do I find well, again, those? I, like it, 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 from my standpoint, like I could recommend different lenders. I'm not going to say I'm on this podcast, yeah, but like yeah. I could recommend some that would be um, like non-traditional. 
And, and another thing is, too, is a lot of self-employed business owners might want to buy a house in an LLC or something like that. And that's okay, too. You can do that and mm-hmm. you can still live there. Yeah. But you're not going to be able to utilize uh, some of the advantages of, of purchasing a house with like a traditional um, like single family, like owning, you know, like you're the, the, you're the yeah. owner, the, the individual owner. Yeah. Um, but and then again, some of the downsides with that is you have to put at least 20 to 25 percent down. If you're like, buying it as the business. If you're buying it as a business. Mm-hmm. Um, and I only usually recommend doing that if you're purchasing investment property or something like that. You can purchase like taking advantage of the lower rates because your rate's going to be higher as well. So mm-hmm. higher down payment, higher rates, all of those things when it's commercial because it then turns into a commercial loan. Yeah. Um, but what I'm saying, and, and the whole reason I'm even talking about this is you can get creative when you're a self-employed yeah. business owner. You can get creative, and that's kind of the advantage of it. Within, but there's still gonna, you still pretty much have to have that two years. Like if yes. you're under two years, you're good luck. Yeah, I mean, and by you, good luck, generally mean speaking, it, probably to, a not safe, happening. Yes, a safe, uh, a safe like kind of metric is that you need two years. You need two years. If you're on commission, if you're if you're ten ninety nine, if you're on commission, if you're self employed, you're running your own show. Yeah. And they and and I and again just to go back to the biggest part of it, obviously credit score, debt to income ratio, all that stuff's still the same. Mm-hmm. But then it really comes down to your tax taxable income. income. Yep. Okay. So just that is a um yeah, you mean you've gotta find that balance of how much like you gotta kind of take the suck now, or or just adjust your um, your expectations for what you're gonna be able to get. Yep, I mean a good accountant's gonna be able to tell you. Like yeah. a good accountant, I can't stress that enough. As a self-employed business owner, like you have got to get a good accountant, mm-hmm. and do not be afraid to to experience different ones and get a feel and go back. Like do not be afraid to do that. Yeah. I mean, I've had a couple now in my you know short seven years of of a business owner and. I mean, I, I can't stress enough how valuable that is to have a good tax planner, a good tax uh, uh, accountant. Yeah. And and that it's way, way more relevant when you're a self-employed business owner than it is when you're W-2. Like yeah. W-2, so simple. You can go to whatever, you know, H&R mm. or whatever. You can do – you don't have to spend as much. And that's yeah. the other downside is you have to spend more. But it's worth it if you get somebody really good. Yeah. Well, and you're trying to buy a home. That's so, it. Yeah. So, you know, that, like – we can simplify this as much as possible, but there's going to be like, – you're trying to buy a home with the thing that isn't yep. the most normal way to make money. Yep, and, and again, yourself, going, like, going back to like my personal experience with it, like I'm talking to my accountant about two years out. Mm-hmm. Like, So I was talking to my accountant about 2020 where I just bought my place. Like I just bought my place. I knew it was kind of temporary where yeah. we were and all that stuff, but that's a whole different – but like I, I was talking to him, hey, maybe another three years we're going to want to – yeah. Buy again. Okay. Kind of let me know, you know? And so I would talk to him every year around tax time. Hey, we're about two years out maybe. Mm-hmm. Okay. Sounds good. Like that's part of your planning stage as well as a self-employed business owner. Yeah. Well, and so when you're thinking about, okay, in this two years, I'm going to do this, three years, I'm going to do this. What is leading to that? Is that a, um, what are you basing that off? Like that's, a lot of that's going to be personal. That's, but it's all. I mean, to me, it's all personal. Okay. Unless you're doing something strictly for business, like investment property. Again, yeah. That's. But it's all personal, and and again, I I, I go back to like it doesn't matter if self-employed or not. If you're not going to live there for at least like three to five years on average, I mean, you can't count on like what the years that we just had. Like the past yeah. two years, where we're having six seven percent like appreciation on homes. That's not what you want to count on. Yeah. 
And I don't want you to put yourself in a position that, you know, you're you're dealing with market risk in, you know, two years. And it does happen. Don't get me wrong. I mean, we usually yeah. can get it done. Like, we can still get it done to where you're maybe at least breaking even and getting out of it and not having mm-hmm. to bring cash to closing. Yeah. Yeah, but... Yeah, but, yeah. It, but that's part of the planning stage. Yeah. So I think you're when you when you're really considering buying a house, you need to you need to really know that, um, hey, I'm going to be sticking around here, you know, for mm-hmm. at least at least three to five years plus, you yeah. know, and, you know, you don't when especially when you're buying your first house. I don't know the statistic off the top of my head, but I mean, the chances of you staying there as your forever home is so low. Yeah. So even when I have buyers say that that's their forever home, they call me three to four years out. They're yeah. like, hey, <laughs> things have changed, changed yeah. jobs. It's yeah. like, oh, imagine that. Yeah. Forever home. So yeah. it's, and, and, and that's, you know, that's the point too. And on that point, I'll talk about um, real quick if you just want me to, yeah. I mean, I'll keep going on. Yeah. But uh, like the interest rate part right now, which I think is extremely relevant. Everybody knows, yeah. regardless of if you're looking for a home or not, that rates have increased. Yeah. And they're as high as they've been since I've been doing real estate, um, which is seven years. So they're as high as they've, I've seen them. Um, so like all part of that is that your rate's not permanent. So like when I tell buyers like, oh, I don't know, like the rate's so high. It's like your rate's not permanent. And again, I tell my, my clients like, I, I just bought a house. Like I paid double what I paid on my first mortgage, yeah. like as far as interest, double. Yeah. And so, but the rate's not permanent. Like the rates kind of go up, they go down, they do like, and I'll, I'll say this, like when you're renting and you know that you're going to be around for three days, you're paying a hundred percent interest. Well, so, so is the rate at, like, obviously it's a big deal be, if it stays at where it's at or goes higher or whatever, but it, is that kind of just a... I don't know. Should that be a deterrent to not I, buy something right now? And or like, I, and obviously this is all, this is not advice. This is not no, whatever, no, no, whatever I, we need no, to say. I, but I, I mean, when a, when a buyer asks me that, it's all personal preference. Like if that's really, really important to you, it's really, really important to you. But that's why I stress that it's not always permanent because you can refi, you can do whatever. Mm-hmm. But like, I'll, I'll say this and there's probably going to be like agents out there that like listen to this or even whatever. But like when I'm buying my personal residence, I honestly, until closing, I don't even know what my rate was. I didn't know. I knew what my monthly payment was going to be. I was happy with it. I loved the house. I didn't even know what it was. And and I say that not meaning that, like, you shouldn't care. Yeah. I had an idea, obviously. I knew that because I'm doing this. I knew that. I I knew a range. Yeah. But, like, my point is, is that I get clients that come to me and they're so fixated on, like, what's my interest rate? What's my interest rate? And, unfortunately, lenders really are good at twisting the rates because they know that that's such a hot topic mm-hmm. that if they can just show a lower rate even if they charge you on the back end or charge you somewhere else which they do yeah just to put that out there they do <laughs> like it's not that they're just like hey i'm a nice guy you can yeah. have a lower rate than everyone else yeah but regardless like <laughs> like my point is is that you know you're looking at it and it's just like as long as you're comfortable with your monthly payment and you're comfortable with your down payment and you love the house like yeah. there's something else out there that's non-monetary when it comes to your personal mm-hmm. residence. Now, when somebody comes to me for investment property, that's a different ballgame. Yeah. We're, we're talking numbers. We're talking yeah. making you know, making money. So yeah. when you're talking about your personal residence, and, and again, I, it's a tough thing because I don't, I don't want to tell a buyer that it's not important because it is. No, but, but I think that's a um, – if you're looking at – if you've done the prep and you know what your, what your monthly cost is, it's just like – you just kind of adjust to that and like maybe it isn't – you're not going to get as much obviously mm-hmm. for as what you thought you would be able to get. But if the rates are going to change, like – You can always refi. Yeah. I mean, like, you could always refi. And, 
And what's 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 kind of uh, also relevant is, you know, I had buyers for two straight years tell me like, oh, I can't buy a house right now. Like it's like, you know, it's a bubble or whatever. Mm-hmm. It's going up. It's going this. It's going to have to pay 30, 40,000 over. Yes. But you're locking at a 30 year rate under 3%. And that's what yeah. happened since COVID, like since 2020 and up till about like, I don't know, maybe eight months to a year from now. Yeah. Um, like that's what was happening. People were saving so much on interest. You could justify paying an extra 30000 40000 over asking price. Now the opposite's happening. So now buyers are coming to me. They're like, oh, I can't believe paying this kind of a rate. It's like, well, yeah, but now prices are starting to level out. Yeah. Okay. All right. That all makes sense. Um, okay. Okay, so as the um, is there anything else on the business owner side as far as preparing other than like your timeline is just going to be well it doesn't have to be extended if you've been in business for a while yeah, but if you're new but even that though even that though because okay. again usually sometimes the the like not not always but sometimes they're not paying attention to your taxable income sometimes you can get okay like, the, like yeah, yeah, again yeah. I'm I'm basically saying like pay more in taxes if you want to borrow more. Yeah. Like it it sounds crazy, but like that's what you'd have to do to borrow more. Yeah. So really what I'm saying for a self-employed business owner is you have to prepare earlier than a traditional buyer. Yeah. You have to prepare earlier. So you you you'd want to call like myself or an agent that you've worked with in the past earlier. Yeah. And be aware if you're not willing to not pay more in taxes if oh, you then that's fine yeah. you just you can't borrow as much, exactly. which is like but the expectations need to be there. Worlds. Yeah. Yep. Um which is good, like, that's good to know. I don't have to want to, maybe I don't care as mm-hmm. much. Maybe mm-hmm. I am fine with not borrowing as much because I've got cash. Well, or I just, I'm good with less. Yeah, and, and, and kind of back to what you're saying, if you've been in business for more than two years, then, like, just call the lender. Yeah. To see what, hey, what would I be approved for based on my last two years of taxable income? Mm-hmm. And kind of get a feel for where you're at. Then you can start to kind of plan more for the next year of taxes and mm-hmm. the year after that. Okay. And and if I'm making those adjustments, I mean, we'll just use like the craziest example. I'm as like if if one year or if, let's say I'm open for three years, the mm. first two years I've been um, trying to, to minimize my taxable income as much as possible. Is a year of changing that, does that matter or does it need to be extended or – does that kind of depend it's, on it, the numbers we're talking about? Or? That's, that, that would definitely be more of like an accountant's like okay. role. Okay. Like they're going to really be able to know. And again, it's just all individually dependent. Okay. It's all like depends on so many other things too. And again, that's, that's I mentioned like DTI, which stands for debt to income ratio. Mm-hmm. Like all that stuff still matters even yeah. though you're self-employed. So you can't have a, a like a bunch yeah. of monthly payments and only make X amount and be able to borrow more. So that credit score taxable income, all of those things are, okay. are it, that's the big picture of what you can afford to buy a house with. Okay. But that's the number one thing you need to start with. And then after that, it's really, e- I mean, it's not easy, but after that, talking to yeah. myself and getting ready to go out and start looking at houses. Okay. Um, okay. So that's really the only difference there. Um, so here's a... Um, I threw this in, in in the questions I sent you. I don't know how I, – I have a feeling I know what the answer is. But So let's say I've been operating something that's more uh, like I guess either I'm the business owner or I'm an employee that's under the table. Mm-hmm. 
I'm basic. Like there's all, there's no options really. No employees <laughs> yeah, yeah. under the table. Yeah, you're, you're, yeah. you're not. You're I yeah. Mean, yeah. Unless you, you pay exist. gas to the house. Yeah. Okay. So you could still. Yeah. You just. I mean, I'll tell you, like yeah, strippers. Yeah. Like yeah. strippers pay cash for houses, and that's okay. okay. It's legal. Yeah. Like. Yeah. You know. Okay. <laughs> like that's a good example. There's yeah. also like people that like waitress and like high end yeah. restaurants. Like most of their pay is through. Like they still pay what's sufficient to the state mm-hmm. and what like they still pay taxes so that's okay and they still look at that but that being said you're probably gonna have to pay cash for the house or put a substantial money mon- money down like if you can put 20 percent down your flexibility is way higher when okay. it comes to like you don't have that taxable income if you can put 20 percent down there's lenders out there that you can work well, with. well but i think that is the like for those cases you're borrowing less so like you've got more up front and you're borrowing less, so it kind of helps to offset. But if you're, well, um, yes, yeah, so you're turning cash into equity, which yeah. sometimes is a good idea, sometimes it's not, and yeah. sometimes it doesn't matter to the individual. Yeah, like it just depends on where you're at. Okay, um, is there anything else as a business owner or in the even or as a just a regular W um, two employee? Anything else that we need to be preparing for in purchasing? Those are the those get a good the, professional. Start, you know, give yourself some time so you're not trying to rush. Give yourself some time. That's that's just the key. Like, give okay. yourself some time. It's never too early. Do not be intimidated to reach out and just start asking questions. Like, okay. I think I posted like like last week or this week, like on Facebook. Like, can I? I'm just reach out. Just let's talk yeah. real estate. Like, if you even yeah. think it's five years from now, like let's just talk about it. Yeah. You know, like the conversation we're having right now, nobody knows this stuff, and it's just a simple like. 30, 40 minute conversation. Yeah, I think honestly, I think one of the big things is just like as the buyer, because everything feels so simple, because mm-hmm. there are so many resources, it's like, oh, I know what's available. Mm-hmm. You're just yeah. helping me get in there. When really it's like, hey, you're the expert mm-hmm. and I'm not the one paying you. Kind of. Yeah. Like I mean you, you know, like yeah. I'm not out of I'm not paying you out of pocket. No. So no. And why and, and everybody why not? And, and the the other thing is with my business is it's all incentivized to like do the right thing. So like if you're representing a buyer, I'm incentivized to get you the right deal, to find you the right place. I'm incentivized to do the right do right by you because one, I want you like the only way to have a sustainable real estate career is is referrals. Like you need yeah. to you need to make your clients happy. You can't just like transaction, you know, just transaction after transaction, don't ever talk to the people again. It's you can't like sustainability yeah. wise, you're gonna yeah. you're gonna kind of make yourself crazy. Yeah. Um so like everything's incentivized as a buyer's agent to make sure that you're taken care of, make sure that you understand, um, you know, make sure that you find the right place as much as we possibly can find, you yeah. know, and the the things that we can't control, we can't control. We can't control rates. We can't control what inventory is available. We can't control that stuff. Yeah. Okay. Um, okay. So then kind of some non-prep related mm-hmm. questions, more of the um, like current state. You've mentioned a couple times things are going to be changing a little bit. Obviously, we can't predict the future, but you've got enough information. You've been doing it long enough that you can not predict, but you can have a pretty decent idea of, of where things are looking, how how I should be thinking about things right now. Um, so I'll kind of leave that open and mm-hmm. then kind of pick as you're as you're working through whatever whatever is about to come out. 
Yeah, I mean, we're, we're constantly, like, ever since I've been doing this, I'm constantly watching the market. I'm constantly trying to get a feel for what trends are doing and things like that. I mean, in all, in all honesty, ever since I've been doing this, it's always been a seller's market. It's always been decently ro- low rates. Like, I think I did have, like, back in 2017, 2018, like, rates got crept up to, like, 5% or something. They were pretty close. And that changed things a little bit. Um, but I'm, it's, it's I mean, it, in, like, it's all perception, you know what I mean? But it's exciting times times for me even because like it's just exciting to kind of see where things are going mm-hmm. like things have definitely slowed down but what I keep telling my my realtors on my team or what I'm telling like buyers or whatever it just feels like 2019 like it doesn't feel okay. like and people are so used to the craziness since 2020 so what feels like like the price like everything's starting to level so, out like what do you yes, what do you mean so, by that so yes yeah, so exactly so there's not as many there's not there's still a lot of buyers but there's not as many buyers there's not as many over asking price offers like i think like last month i had like my first in 2 years where i reduced the listing price which is crazy to think but like you know prior to that like it would be it would be normal that like if you list something maybe a little bit higher or whatever yeah. you would end up adjusting the price but that didn't happen for 2 years i mean you could list it almost almost whatever you wanted and get it like it, it's it was just crazy like kind of uh and I don't, you know, there's so many factors that we won't even get into of why yeah. that was happening. But I mean, as far as like what is happening now, like I've already mentioned, rates have increased. So with that, what happens is that, you know, naturally prices will start to kind of level off. Yeah. Because especially in certain price points. So in certain price points, uh, bar- a borrower is much more monthly payment sensitive, meaning that if rates are higher, like a three hundred thousand dollar buyer might only be able to afford two twenty five if that was their max budget then, like two okay. years ago. Yeah, you know, when rates were like around three or under. Yeah. So like it's it's what's interesting to see what happens now. Pittsburgh is a unique market. And I say Pittsburgh, Washington, like the, the yeah. tri county area here. Yeah. Like it's an interesting market because we didn't we never see the appreciation like the other parts like the big cities of the country. Now we've seen more than I've ever seen since I've been doing this. Like I would say. And appreciation really quick is just like the house price every year goes up, you mm-hmm. know, and that's just yeah. real estate. And that's based on a lot of factors, demand, inventory, whatever. So but in the past two years, because rates have been low, money was pumped into the economy, all these things happened, people had extra money, whatever, like people were buying houses. So the inventory stayed low, demand went through the roof. So naturally prices rise. Yeah. So now what's happening, though, is that Borrowers have kind of started to level off. Even when I talk to like um, lenders and things, they're like, "It's just not as crazy, but it's normal now." Okay. And we're all we're all kind of saying that it's like normal now. It's not the craziness for the past two years. Like you can actually negotiate inspections. You can actually negotiate like you know not even having like a mortgage contingent. I mean, it was crazy. Like it, yeah. in order to get a house the past two years in certain markets, certain price points. You'd have to waive inspections. You'd have to bring – if you went over asking, you might have to bring extra cash to the table if it doesn't appraise. Like those things were happening that it's starting to not happen anymore. Okay. Which is good for a buyer because yeah. now you can negotiate prices a little bit. Now you can negotiate inspections finally. Like you're not taking on as much risk now. Okay. Okay. That all sounds good. And I'm imagining like that should continue for – it should st- – 
continue to kind of level off. Yeah, that's what like my expectations what expectation are. And, is. Yeah, of course, we don't have a crystal ball. And, yeah, yeah. Like, anything can happen, clearly. Like, yeah. we know that. But, um, I mean, in, in all honesty, like, we kind of all feel like, you know, when I talk to other professionals in the industry, rates are going to keep kind of creeping. And, mm. you know, and then there's all kinds of other economic factors that go mm. into this. Yeah. But um, that and, – and, and naturally, like, when, you know, when retirement counts drop, People don't feel as good. You know, yeah. People don't feel as, like, confident that they want to buy something. So, like, people don't think about the same things as, like, oh, well, you know, I'm renting. Now I'm just paying interest, basically. Yeah. You know, like, I should still buy if I have the means to do so. But it just – that all those things change, like, buyer behavior. Okay. So, and that's that's what I'm starting to see a little bit. So okay. it is definitely starting to slow down a little bit. Okay. Um, well, now, the market changes monthly, and I would say, like, you know, you talk to me in another six months, it could be completely different yeah, again. Yeah, so yeah. You just don't know. Um, okay. So one of the things that came up while I was um, mentioning that I was talking to you today, somebody brought up – not somebody, Sarah. Um, <laughs> she is somebody, but – um, yeah, I'd say she's somebody pretty important. <laughs> yeah. Um, so Sarah wanted me to kind of ask you about the idea of buying um, in a like <clears throat> the nicer home in an area that could potentially be up and coming, mm-hmm. or uh, like how are you thinking about those things, and how how can you? Yeah, I'll, I'll leave it at that. And then yeah, so it. I, it so and again, I say I'll say this a lot. It just depends. Mm-hmm. So like, what I'll say is, it depends on what your ultimate goal is with what you're buying. Is it an investment property? If it's an investment pro- property, and you're talking about buying in an area where prices are really low, but you think maybe they'll go up for whatever reason, mm-hmm. it, that's speculation. Yeah. So that's speculative investing, just like anything. That's a lot of high risk. Yeah. I don't recommend it. Like, there's a lot of other ways to invest in real estate. Yeah. When you're buying your personal residence, I try to stress this a lot. You're not buying it as an investment property technically. Like, yeah. if it happens, it happens great. Good for you. You know, if you bought in Lawrenceville way back when yeah. for $30,000, congratulations. <laughs> but, like, I wouldn't have told you way back when we should be looking in Lawrenceville because I yeah. just have a feeling about it. So as an agent, <laughs> yeah. I would never recommend a client speculates on their personal residence. I just you look at things like why do you like the area? Do you like the commute time to work? Do you like the because there's walkability, you can yeah. go to the coffee shop, you can do this, your family lives down the street, they can watch the kids. Like that's what you should be thinking about in the house. And then think about your lifestyle. Yeah. Like what are you looking for? Why do you want a four bedroom, two bath or whatever? Why do you want to have the walkability like those are the factors to look at in my opinion okay and if you just happen to get like yeah yeah it just that's that's so far down on the list of important because if especially if like you said if you're living there it's like if you're living there there's a there's a non-monetary value of of owning your own home yeah you know you don't have to worry about getting kicked out because they sell the place you don't have to worry about um you know like if uh, whatever, if someone moves in yeah. above you, like whatever, you don't have to worry, but you can paint the walls, you can do this stuff. Yeah. So there's other values of just owning. And mm-hmm. then in the, again, I said this two or three times already, like when, you, when you're renting, you're paying 100% interest. Yeah. Like there's really no other way to look at it. So like when you're worried about an interest rate, yeah. like at least you're building some equity, you yeah. know, and if you do the right things and maintain your home and, you know, you, you like the area and all that stuff, then you should be fine. I mean, even when things level off, if you still, that's why I say three to five years, because even, you know, historically speaking, if you own your home three, five, 10 years, it still is going to increase in value. Mm -hmm. 
it's just economics. It's supply, it's demand, yeah. it's, you know, it, population, it's, you know. Yeah. In our area, thankfully, like, has done really well through COVID. A lot of people have moved back home. Mm-hmm. Like, a lot of people that don't need to work in the office anymore, they love the prices because our prices still nationally are so attractive. Like, Washington, mm-hmm. Beaver, Allegheny, like, they're still so attractive. Of course, there's those markets that are crazy. Yeah. yeah. But um, that's actually really, that's positive for us for values. Okay. Um. Okay. Are there any other any other things I should be aware of if I'm looking to buy right now? Or, yeah. Well, actually, I th- feel like we covered everything for it's just business mostly, owners. It's, but it's just mostly mostly situational. Okay. You know, are, do you feel secure with your with your current job, or do you feel secure that, like, again, that you're going to be around for a little bit longer? Or like are all those things. So that brings up a so the job thing. If I'm if I'm someone that is anticipating changing jobs. Mm-hmm. Should I not be thinking about buying a home right now? Or, like, I guess maybe that depends on how soon I plan on changing. And, like, if I'm completely changing careers and I'm going for— It's a great point. So it's a great point. So if you are changing careers, um, you can go one of two ways. If you feel comfortable enough that the changing career is going to still maintain your current lifestyle, then, yes, you can still buy, but do not change careers until you buy. You cannot change careers in the middle of buying a a house. Okay. Like, it changes everything. If I'm thinking about starting a business, but also thinking about buying a home. But yeah, so that's a good point too. But if you're starting a business, you'll need the two years. I haven't started yet. I okay. have a career. I have a job. Yeah, yeah buy. So, no, I mean, it's if, risky. It, yeah, it's, it's risky. risky because you're on the hook, but you're yeah. on the hook even for a rental. Like it yeah. doesn't, yeah. you know, even if you're renting, you're still on the hook. You don't want to default on your lease, you <laughs> yeah. know? Yeah. So those things are still there. So that, that doesn't really change much. I mean, if you're getting ready to start a business, Again, it's all personal preference. It's all kind of like a like a risk. Uh, like how how how, how yeah. much risk can you take and be, still be able to sleep at night? I mean, again, part of my job is to give the confidence that like, hey, if you do it this way, you should be you should be fine. Yeah. I don't have a crystal ball, and I don't know how you're going to maintain your house or any of those factors. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, but as long as you yeah. do those things, I'm pretty confident based on history. We yeah. should be fine. Yeah. Okay. Okay. But it um, still is a factor too. Like it, you, you have to make sure that you have a nest egg saved up. Like especially so speaking of small business owners, like when you're starting out and you know you're you're trying to like just maintain like at least some sort of financial stability, trying to build up like a nice nest egg is yeah. extremely important. That's what I had to do. That's what yeah. I try to tell my newer agents to do. You know, trying to build up a nest egg to give you that confidence that if you if you make a big step like buying a home, you're comfortable enough that like, hey, you know what? I can maybe go through, I would always say anywhere from three to five months of like yeah. reserves that I can go that long and be fine. I yeah. don't, I'll be able to sleep at night. Yeah. You know? If you don't make a sale for that long, you're still you're okay. okay. Yeah. 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 Um, okay. Uh, anything else, uh, anything else you thought would be interesting to cover? We're just about to an hour. So about what I was kind of expecting. No, I, I mean, that, that was that, that's probably really relevant for your listeners, for the people that you've even had on here that are mostly self-employed. Yeah. Um, you know, hopefully that that's pretty helpful. Yeah. And, I mean, again, it's something that I can obviously really relate to. I will tell you, it's a lot more challenging as a self-employed business owner, just yeah. like everything is. Yeah. I mean, that's, yeah. but there's, there's perks and there's, there's positives yeah. and negatives. Like yeah. we enjoy being self-employed because it feels so good to build something that you can see grow into something. And it, you know, you work, you work hard, you get paid for it basically, mm-hmm. or you get rewarded based on your work ethic and doing things. And I mean, so just like anything else as a self-employed business owner, buying a house is no different. I mean, yeah. you, 
you have to be prepared. You have to make sure that you uh, get all your ducks in a row before you yeah. try to go out and purchase. Yeah. But so find a good find the professionals that are going to be good for you. Yes, interview um, three agents. Yeah. Interview three agents. Like it there's so many realtors, there's so many lenders. Like there's not a one size fits all. Yeah. I've I've met plenty of people where we just don't work well together. That's yeah. okay. Yeah. And, and we don't you'll you, work well with somebody else. Absolutely. So, like not everybody's personalities mesh. Like I'm you know, I'm pretty straightforward to the point and some people like somebody a little more casual and yeah. that's okay. Yeah. Like um so like I would say interview and I so when I recommend lenders I usually recommend two to three. I mean, usually the first two always yeah. grab them because they're really good. Um, and as far as agents, three agents, you could get vastly different experiences. Mm-hmm. And so just interview three of them. Just talk to them. You know, and again, going back to just ask questions like, hey, what should I be looking for? Hey, how should I be prepared? Like just ask just general questions and see yeah. how they respond. Do they? Do you feel like, you know, they're going to be a good fit for you? Yeah. Okay. So – Give yourself some time, find some some good professionals, and um, that's kind of the starting point. And and um, okay, I mean, good. No, I was just gonna say, home ownership's great. I mean, it's yeah. you know, it comes with with some high responsibilities, and and I can't stress enough that expectation setting as an agent is so important. When we're when I'm first having an interview with the person that wants to buy a house, a, a new client expectation setting like what should i what should i be asking you well let's talk about expectations mm-hmm. you know are you looking for a, an old 1900 beautiful washington beautiful pittsburgh home but yeah they're great because they have tons of character however go ahead and crack open one of those walls and see what you find yeah they're gonna find stuff that like only people that were born in like the 60s are gonna know even what it is yeah. you know or whatever it is so I would just say, like, just just setting expectations, understanding what you're getting into. But homeownership's great. I mean, it's just so rewarding to be like, you know what? Like, I worked hard for this, especially as a self-employed business owner, because it is more challenging mm-hmm. sometimes to be able to purchase. Yeah. Um, you know, buying a house just feels it feels good. Like, it's like, you know what? And it takes work and it takes some patience. And um, but it is it is great. Um, OK, where can the humans all find you? Where, uh, yeah, I'm, we're so I'm with Riverpoint Realty. Um, my Instagram tag, my personal one is Steinstraw96. Um, I usually always post our uh, so I have a Bob Steinstraw um, real estate page on Instagram, Facebook. Um, I post both business and personal on both of my my those platforms. Yeah, below, I'm, but. you know I'm I'm uh, you know I'm I'm on private, so you can find me on that. We are going to start a, a our own real estate podcast. Uh, me and my business Sweet. partner Ryan Brown. So. We're going to start our, our own real estate podcast. We're going to have tons of really good um, like business professionals, all mostly real estate related, mm-hmm. but they could be insurance. They could be real estate attorneys. They could be uh, big corporation type businesses or um, like, uh, you know, commercial lenders, residential lenders. So it is going to be a lot of fun. I'm, okay. I'm really looking forward to yeah, it. Yeah, that'll be good. If it's depending on when this releases... If if you've started yet, um, we should be I'll within our first below. month. Within okay. our first month, we don't have a name yet for it, but uh, yeah, obviously I'll be come. posting on yeah. any of the social media platforms. I said okay, um, yeah. Once that's available, I'll put that in, in the description. And um, yeah, anything else? No, man. This is this is fun. I, I look awesome. forward to. You've been doing a great job. I look forward to all the other uh, professionals coming on here and listening to what they have to say because nobody has all the answers, and I love listening to all the different perspectives. So Thank you. This is a good idea. Um, all right. Um, review it. Uh, share it with all your friends that are uh, business owners or just looking to buy their first home. Um, yeah, like. 
comment, subscribe, do all those things. And uh, thanks for coming on. And we'll see you next time. Thanks. Thanks for listening, watching, wherever you're consuming this. I'm your host, Bradley Martin, and this is Clearing the Way, a resource for small business owners.